Tanya for Yud Zayin Sivon is the continuation of chapter 6 of Shahar Yechid Vemuna. The Altareb in today's shir is going to bring together the main idea that the Altareb has been trying to get us to understand about the Yichud, the unification, the unity of existence and how the only true existence is God. Everything else exists only because of the Dvar Hashem the Word of God, the energy that God imbues within all creation. And as al Rebbe has explained in the past chapters, that essentially that means that anything that exists, exists as being merely an expression of godliness. And as an expression of godliness, it doesn't have any existence of itself. Its existence is pure godliness. However, because within the powers of creation, God made that there should be a, a sense of independence, Therefore, we could perceive, at least on our end, through the power of Tzimtzum, that we do sense our independence, we do sense ourselves as being somewhat having our own existence. But in reality, the truth is, through meditating and pondering the ideas here has been explained in the previous chapters, we come to a very deep recognition how not only are we dependent on God for our existence, and God is the Creator, which gives us life force, or even the fact that we're dependent on a perpetual level, but deeper than that, we don't really exist in, in the sense of what is existence. If existence means having one's own right of existence, one's own ab abilities to exist, that isn't the case of our existence. And what is our existence is not the perceived existence of physicality, the way we think of ourselves within the realms of physicality and, and the consciousness of physicality. Our real existence is the Tvar Hashem, which means our true existence is godliness. So to understand this idea, which basically brings out the ultimate unity of God, because it shows that there is nothing really that exists other than God and godliness. Whatever emerges as a existence is merely a radiation and an expression of godliness. Although on the end of the creation, there could be a perception of it existing independent of godliness, but in truth, it's a sense of godliness. Thus, essentially everything is within one unified existence, which is the existence of godliness. There's not the existence of God and godliness and then the existence of us or creation. It's all one essential existence, which is the existence of God. So in today's shir, the Altarev is going to bring out that point very strongly. First, by proving that the tools, the spheres that have been discussed prior about chesed and gvura being the two primary tools of creation, chesed being the tool of creating yeshma'ayin, the abundant expansion of God's koyach hagdula, of greatness, which is the ein sof element of creation stemming from God's infinity, which allows for creation, which is yeshma'ayin, coupled with, or together with, the power of gvura, of tzimtzum, which is the power of Givurasai, which is the power of constriction and manipulating the R. So, unlike within human beings where we could, we could channel different emotions in different forms and yet combine somewhat two different emotions at the same time, but 
when we try to combine different emotions, we have to compromise between the emotions. In other words, neither one of the emotions is really functioning fully in its full capacity. For an analogy of this is Bronach Siddhas is, let's say, a child that his father feels the need to, to, to teach the child a lesson so they'll get angry at the child or hit the child. So the mere act of hitting is neither an expression of love or an expression of, of gevura. It's neither chesed or gevura. It's the feeling behind what the father's intention is. Now, even if the father, at the moment that he's giving the child the, 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 the punishment, is in a state of gevura, but what is motivating the father, hopefully, is, at least initially, is the fact that he loves his child so much and wants the child to be educated and wants the child to grow up knowing what's right from wrong. So that deep-seated sense of the father's responsibility to help the child grow, the child will therefore sometimes resort to, to means that are really at least per perceived as cruel or, or, or at least an element of gvura. But here, you can't say that one at the same time, the midas hachesed and the midas hagvur of the father is being expressed. Because either the midas hachesed comes first, it's the motivator to gvura, and therefore what's now being expressed is only gvura. In fact, the midas hachesed by the father is subconscious. It may have been the motivation subconscious, but right now it's expression of gvura. Or even if the father, or if the father is purely hitting as a result of chesed, and all he's experiencing is chesed, so then the act of hitting itself is not gvura at all. It's only an expression of chesed. So there can't ever be that there should be, within one action, a full expression of chesed and a full expression of gvura. One of the two somewhat have to be removed and have to compromise in order for them to coexist, so to speak. Versus by godliness, there is no such a thing. The power of chesed, which is the power to create yeshmayin, has to be in its full thrust. If there's any compromising on chesed, then there won't be any existence yeshmayin. But at the same time, there also has to be the same thrust of gvura to withstrain and channel the ur in a way that the ur doesn't be perceived by the nevroim, by the creations, as if they only exist as a result of the ur. And that also has to be in its fullest sense. So both chesed and gvura have to be working in its, on their fullest level. Now what entity, what entity has this ability to have both midas working in its fullest amount, in, its fullest, in the full thrust of the mida, and yet they function together somehow simultaneously, seamlessly, this process is the process of godliness. This has to come from God himself. And this is what the Altrebbe here explains in today's Tanya, that this is the interpretation of what it's brought down in the Zayar, that him, God himself, and his Garmoyim, which Al-Trebi translates as his Midois, are one. Elsewhere, Al-Trebi explains Garmoyim refers to Kalim, but here he refers to the Midois of Hashem. The Midois are those elements of like Chesed and Gvor that bring about creation. And Al-Trebi says, this is something that we see. We could see that there must be unified with God. The very fact that you could have chesed and gvura working together in a way that they retain their, their full thrust and yet they still could co coexist together. And that's only the koyach of the Abishter, only a godly force similar to the idea of barad. When God gave Bakas barad to the Mitzrayim, there was fire and snow and, and hail mixed together and neither one of them had to compromise on their existence. That's only from a koyach that stems from both of them that suppresses the natural 
element, so to speak, of fire to consume the water or the water to burn out the fire. When there's a greater source, a greater force that's holding them together and they're submitted to it, means that they could coexist together. Likewise, chesed being so powerful and not overwhelming gvur, and gvur is so powerful, not overwhelming chesed, they could both exist, only stems from the power of elikus, of godliness, the eu, that brings about this unification. Thus, says the Altrebbe, we see that in creation, there has to be a unifying force, a unifying element, and that's what the Altrebbe explained at the end of yesterday's year, the concept of the gvura, which is kula b'chesed, Meaning it's not just that the motivation of Kavura is stemming from Chesed, that God wants the world to exist in a way that they sense their independence, so therefore he has to create Kavura. But rather it's Kavura Kul B'Chesed, they're really one and the same energy, they're coming from the EU. And therefore that proves this unification. And as Altreba then brings from the Mimer of, El- of Elio into Tikkun Zoyar, that God unifies them, and without God's unification, then they wouldn't exist on this level. Based off this, al Rebbe says, now we can understand the Pasuk that he quoted in the beginning of chapter 1 of that number one, Hashem Hulikim, these two energies, Chesed and Gvura, are really one and the same, unlike what per- a person may think. That Hashem Hulikim, Havai Hulikim is two different energies, there's Havai and there's Hulikim, and they stem from two different forces, and thus there could be two different elements of creation. There's, there could be Havai creation, there could be Hulikim creation, God forbid. But rather, they're really one and the same power. They're both chesed and gevurah, unified, that they all stem from God himself. They're b'yichud gamur. And al Rebbe says, that's why also the Pesach says that there's nothing and al Rebbe here is mechadish, pshat and ein oid. Ein oid usually means there's nothing else. al Rebbe says here the word oid means there's nothing that has a secondary status of existence other than God. As he brings the Gemara in Kedushin, the Yehud of Oid Lekra. The Gemara says, there's a Pasuk that describes something, and then the Gemara says that the Minikin in Yehuda was to do this. In fact, the Gemara, Yehud of Oid Lekra. They have a Pasuk, what do I need, Yehuda, to tell me that this was the custom in the cities of Yehuda? So there the Gemara uses the word Va'oid to show as something secondary to the main source. The main source is the Pasuk, and the secondary is the custom in Yehuda. So the Altar says that's what Einoid means here in this verse. Einoid, there is no oid, there is nothing else that even has a secondary status of existence to God. God is the and only existence, and everything else is really bottle and gansen, is really just one, one expression of God in this itself. And the Rebbe says this is even unlike the way that the soul and the body interact. That the soul and body interaction, there you could say that the body is secondary to the soul. It needs the soul to keep on existing, but it also has somewhat of its own existence. You wouldn't say that the soul-body unification is to such an extent that there is no existence of the body, it's merely an expression of the soul. As al Rebbe proves this by the verse that says, Ahalalo Hashem, Havaye That when I praise God, Bechaye, which al Rebbe says refers to the soul, the soul has one source of energy, of Shem Havaya, and Azamra, and I'll sing, Lalekai Be'oidi, to Alekai, the element of energy of Alekai, which is Be'oidi of my body, which refers to the energy of Shem Alekim. So you do see there that there's two separate forces, so to speak. There's the forces that create the Nisham, and the forces that create Alekim. True, the Alter has just explained how Vayu Alekim is the same. So truthfully speaking, they're both the same source. But at least in the relationship between the Nisham and the Guf, not in the relationship between God and the creation, or God and the Nisham and the Guf, but in relation to the Nisham and the Guf, there is that two different existences. is the existence of Havaya and the existence of Elikim. And therefore the body is a secondary existence to the soul. 
but by in the relationship to God Himself, and the reason for the reason the, the difference is Talter says because a soul is not creating the body Yeshma'in. However, by God who's creating everything Yeshma'in, there is nothing else that exists, like the sunlight within the sun, there is nothing else that exists other than the source, the energy, the godliness within itself. From this unit from this bringing together of the Midas one with the other, near Laayan, it could be perceived intellectually, the that God and his Midas are one. Why is that? Since they're absolutely unified with God, what allows them to coexist with each other and remain with their full thrust is only because there's a, a force above them that unifies them. So yeah, the statement of Eliyahu, onto the Kashula, and you're the one that unites them, or unify, or ties them, and unites them, Hulu, Ubar Minach, and without you, there will be no unification. In other words, the godly force, God Himself, the Eu, is what brings about that there should be such a unifi- unification of the spheres of the Midas. And now we can understand these two names, they're not two different forces that gives different levels of existence. There's a Havaya, which is higher existence, and then there's a secondary Elikim, which is a secondary existence. No. Shegam, that even Shem Elikim, Hametzam, or which limits and constricts the light of, of the earth itself, who chinas chesed, is also chesed, is also the same source. Because God's middays are unified with him, as we just said, in the ultimate state of unity. And him and God's name, which is Shemidais of Shemaisav again, that the name refers to the Midas. That just like it says, him and his name is one, means him and his Midas are one. That one could realize, do you realize there's nothing else? Meaning, even the physical earth, it seems it's perceived as really existing of itself. There's an existence other than godliness, the physical earth. Truthfully, it's really nothing. It doesn't exist independently, at least in perception of, by God's perception. In other words, from our perception, we do think we exist. It's like the, tu- the student and the teacher. The teacher teaching the student has to limit the information. So from the student's end, he gets to only experience the limited version of the, let's say the teacher has this great abstract idea that he's trying to explain to the teacher, to the student, so he has to bring it in a muscle, which brings it into a more physical application. So for us, existence is like a muscle. The physical reality is a muscle. We don't necessarily see the muscle. The student doesn't necessarily see the muscle. Or even if they see it's a muscle, they see the muscle. And what it's trying to convey, the abstraction it's trying to convey, is two separate things. So likewise, we could be living in our consciousness and think that the world may be only a muscle, meaning maybe just a way of ex- expressing godliness, and then there's a greater, more abstract energy called godliness, but we still see them as two separate entities. Versus from God's perspective, the muscle and the, and the, and the abstract idea, the teacher's perspective, the muscle and the abstract idea is really one and the same. There's no separation between the two. They're not two distinct entities. So in our, that's why God, that's why the Alter Rebbe says, the Gavim Kaddish Baruch Hu, it's all one. Why? Because Shem Elikim, Elikim, any Malam Tzamsam, you can't say for God, Shem Elikim is constricting and concealing from him. You can't say that he's being concealed from himself. There's no entity that could conceal itself. As we know, the Allah is, is that a person who wants to cover his head, he can't use his body. Because the body and the hand are all the same. One entity, an entity of itself can't cover itself. So God can't be covered from himself. If, he's, if the tzimtzum comes from himself, that means he can't be covered from it. 
And therefore, from God, it's all seen as just godliness the whole time. It's not like godliness, and then there is the reality of the marshal, so to speak, which is the physical reality. It's only for us, the ones that live through this physical experience, think this way. Since by God, His name, Elikim, His spheres are all one. Therefore, even in earth and lower than earth. What does it mean, even lower than earth? Even that which is on the lowest level, seemingly the most physical thing, has no real existence other than godliness. They don't even have a definition. They don't even be considered an existence that have a name, even the name of Oid. As a secondary, Shulosh and Tafel, it's a secondary existence. Like one would think, like this body is like secondary existence to the soul. The source of the life of the body, which is the soul, comes from Havaya. And then the secondary life force, Shuhaguf, Hatafel, Meshem Lakin. The reason for that is because by the neshama ainu mahava haguf it doesn't actually create the guf mainliyesh. Avah kadosh baruch hu mahavas akol mainliyesh. God does create everything mainliyesh, and therefore hakol botel mitzias that's like my ur hashemish b'ashemish like the sunlight within the sun that there is it doesn't exist. So here's the great chiddush of the unification of everything that everything only exists merely as a existence of godliness. No other existence exists. Ainoid, not even in the secondary existence, and therefore. The reality is there's no existence, there's one unified existence, and that's, and that's called God.